is Tuesday. It is July 26th. The year is 2022. Spencer Speak Sports here with Spencer Swoboda. And I am going to go very baseball-oriented, specifically Major League Baseball-oriented, and talk about the Subway Series that is going down. It's starting tonight, so I'm currently recording at around 420. <laughs> Make the jokes. Um, 420, uh, but the game tonight starts at around 7, 7, 10. I don't know when officially the first pitch is, but around 7 o'clock, I believe it's TBS or the, the local stations if you live in the New York area, of course. But New York Yankees at the New York Mets, and it's been a long time since we've had a Subway Series where both of these teams have been very, very successful at the top of their divisions. I think it's, I mean, it's probably been at least 20 plus years since since we've had this, this late in the season, a Subway Series where both of these teams were as successful as they are. So I'll kind of just break it down. The Yankees are currently 66 and 31, Mets 50. 9 and 37. So if we're looking at a comparison, Mets are six and a half games back of the Yankees. And in terms of playoffs and stuff, doesn't really matter how um, these two teams really compare against each other. It'll really come down to if they play each other in the World Series, which wouldn't that pr- be pretty cool if you had a Subway Series World Series, which we saw in two, the year 2000. Two teams at the top of their game right now uh mets leading the nl east they are leading by two games over the atlanta braves and then uh in terms of the third place in that division is the philadelphia phillies yankees uh, have been just dominating this division keep growing their lead toronto they are ahead of them 12 and a half games uh and then you have tampa bay 13 and a half games uh toronto i mean could very well just keep reducing that gap the way they're playing, especially after they fired their manager just prior to the all-star break about a couple of weeks ago. But right now I just, just with the hitting, the pitching, specifically the relief pitchers too, though I'll get to that in a sec of why that could kind of decline a little bit. But um, yeah, the Yankees are just are, are looking like the best team, but I want to just kind of get into the series a little bit, um, but, but more of, a projection down the road here of which team do I expect to be in the best shape or have the best chance of actually winning uh, the World Series. So let me get into two, not critical series, but just kind of important series that happened here within the within the month of July, within the last two weeks. So the first one I want to get to is the Mets at the Atlanta Braves. And I, I want to kind of highlight this point um, because, or this series, because the Mets had, I believe for the last, I mean, if, you, if you're looking from the end of that series, which was July 13th, so you go back to June 13th, the Mets had roughly a five-game lead over the Braves. And then you take it back another month, I think it was like six and a half. So they were kind of holding that lead. But then the Braves started to go on the run. They started to look like the World Series champion team that they were in the 2021 season. And the Mets handled the series very, very well. Like they won the series. It was it was two two wins, one loss. Uh, I think you had a um, four to one win, four to one loss, and then a seven to three win. So very impressive effort, especially with a Braves team that had a, that was gaining momentum, decreasing the lead 
in that NL East division. And the Mets handled it very well in that second series before the All-Star break. So the ability to slow that momentum of the Braves um, is is a telling sign of, of what could come, especially later in the postseason when there's that pressure, because you do have the pitching staff of the Mets, if it's healthy and if it's at its peak, could be very, very unstoppable. With Max Serger making his way back, keep is getting more and more starts. Jacob DeGrom is going to have a rehab start in Syracuse, I believe, tomorrow, so Wednesday. Um, so he should be back in that rotation at some point fairly soon, maybe the start of August. So that starting pitching is going to keep improving. And then you also just have decent relief pitching just and, and just a pitching staff in general like the Mets uh, ERA is sixth in the league at this point relievers aren't as good I guess as the Yankees but at least still above average so that's that's kind of the highlight of, of the Mets and and their outlook so I, I think if if it means having the ability to stay away from Atlanta I believe they could very well do that especially with the bats in the lineup I mean you do have Lindor you do have um, Pete Alonzo, of course, uh, you have, uh, Nimmo there, who's a solid leadoff batter. I mean, nothing too crazy, but can definitely get you a hit in a game here. The, it's still a concern that Atlanta is only two game backs and they do have the pedigree. I mean, granted, they don't have Freddie Freeman anymore because since he's in LA, but still a threat for the, the rest of the season. And it's big too, because if you look at the the new playoff format with your divisional winners and then your your second best teams going to the wild card there like you could have atlanta be the division champion and then the mets go all the way down to the four seed and have to play in the wild card so winning your division is very very crucial in the mlb and that's why because the mets are closer to potentially losing their division that's why I think that's a boost for the Yankees and, and, a, and a confidence boost for me to say that they could be better and have the longer run in the postseason. To get to the Yankees specifically, and I'll highlight another series, and this was right after the All-Star break, so the second half resumption, uh, this was, they had two games at Houston. And now this is the team, really the only team, I think the Yankees should be really scared of if it comes to postseason time. So the Houston Astros and the Yankees, they, they finished up the regular season series. Uh, they played, I believe, seven total games. The Yankees were only two and five in those games. And believe it or not, they were historically bad in terms of batting average versus the Houston Astros having a 151 batting average, which is the lowest batting average versus a team in a single season for the Yankees, minimum five games. So... Yeah, historically bad. And those wins, the two wins, it came from errors in Houston's uh, relief staff, not their starting pitching. So their starting pitching is is very, very good with Yurkiti and, and Valdez and, of course, Justin Verlander, who's just been unreal after his Tommy John surgery. I believe he still leads the majors in, in wins. Um, so... Yeah, you have to face that kind of three-headed monster in their rotation. Granted, the Yankees' rotation is good, but, I mean, kind of lack of playoff experience. How is that going to translate when it gets more and more deeper into the season? But 
if Houston gets the one seed, that's also very concerning as well because they're only, what, roughly, I want to say two, maybe three games back of the Yankees just in the overall standings, and it's expected that both of those guys are going to win. Both of those teams are going to win their division, so they would likely be at the one and two seed spot, avoid that three through six wild card scenario. So I think if you're the Yankees, you would <laughs> like to lock down that one seed to to avoid having to play that extra game in Houston uh, if it comes down to an LACS series uh, to, to get to the World Series. So yeah, so that's my concern with the Yankees. But in terms of hope of winning a division, obviously the Yankees are high up there and that can propel them to get further down the road in the postseason. But you also have to take the Mets seriously as well because if the Mets win that division and they get that one or two seed, their biggest threat is, of course, the L.A. Dodgers, which is a freakishly good lineup. I mean, you have Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, Max Muncy you can throw in there, Trey Turner, who else? I mean, you have Cody Bellinger near the bottom of that lineup, and he can flick on the switch and be a very, very good hitter, even though he's kind of fell off in these last few years. But if I had to answer the question of who do you like more to make a deeper postseason run, potentially a World Series championship run, give me the New York Yankees over the New York Mets because I think the Yankees have the more proven lineup. Um, unbelievable hitters when it comes to on place base plus slugging. I think they lead the league in that. Mets, still very good, I would say above average lineup, but not as good as what the New York Yankees can do. Um, and that can also counteract how if if the New York Yankees pitching falls off, their hitting and their lineup can very well propel them to still to a victory. Uh, the Mets, I think it's it would be the pitching, I guess. I mean, but also, I mean, there have been some kind of dry spells in that offense that makes it concerning as well. But yeah, if you have a healthy DeGrom and a healthy Sur- Scherzer, it also increases your chances of winning, especially in those clutch playoff games to where those guys have decent experience so yeah so that's kind of what i got there um there's also i mean i I guess i'll talk a little bit about the the sports gambling space in regards to this game specifically tonight because DraftKings. um i don't know about FanDuel or caesars or what other people are doing for a promotion but DraftKings has a promotion where it's 30 percent same game parlay boost for the mets and yankees and each leg, I believe the rules is each leg has to be at least minus 300 odds or better. So if I, I was looking, I was looking through it and trying to pick, I, I you know, I obviously you would want to go for a DJ LeMay you hit for the Yankees, especially if he's batting leadoff. Um, unfortunately, those odds were too high. Um, he was, it was like a minus 400 or something like that. So, um, a little too high there. I couldn't go for that in order to get this boost. Um, so I went with a Francisco Lindor hit instead. And that's because he is five for nine in his career against Jordan Montgomery. Um, he's batting like third or fourth in the lineup tonight. So, that seems like it could be a, um, <laughs> a, a good bet for, um, or the best chance for someone under the, the minus 300 there. Um, so that will be my first leg. My second leg is each team is going to be over one and a half runs. And I looked at the kind of, I guess, recent history. And in the last nine games between the Mets and the Yankees, Every single one of those games, the team has scored, each team has scored over two runs in that game. So I 
let's try to make it 10 here. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it ends up being like a 2-0 ball game just just because. Um, but to go with history and to go with the trends, I got to go each team over one and a half runs for my second leg. And then the last leg I have, and this is not specifically dealing with a, a particular team, not dealing with the Mets, not dealing with the Yankees, but I looked at if the team's run line was set at plus one and a half ahead of the game. That team ended up covering that run line eight out of the last 10 times. So whether it was, say, the Yankees were set up as plus one and a half versus the Mets or the Mets were set up as plus one and a half versus the Yankees. Um, yeah, so that covered eight out of the last 10 times, um, 10 matchups. So I did have a buffer there. I could have gone Mets plus one and a half because the Yankees are currently a slight favorite. So I could have done Mets plus one and a half, but instead I'm doing Mets plus two and a half, adding that extra buffer um, because there, I still did have room. I think that those odds for Mets plus two and a half ended up being minus 260, minus 265 roughly. So since it's underneath that minus 300, I went for that. And I think that total to roughly plus 155, if you bring that all together. Um, and then with the odds boost, throw that in there, um, you're looking at plus 200 for your total odds with the boost for that, for that different, for that, um, wow, uh, promotion. There we go. That's the word. Say I bet two bucks, I would win $4 and get back six in total if you look at it that way. So that's pretty good value. I mean, I kind of like the chances. If I guess if you like your chances, maybe that's uh, that's a jinx that'll just go all down the tubes. So that's that's what I got. I got Lindor hit each team over one and a half runs, and the Mets plus two and a half for this game tonight. And like I said, it starts at seven o'clock roughly, TBS or your local market, so SNY or the Yes Network. Um, and yeah, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to this series, but to circle back, I think the New York Yankees have a better shot than the New York Mets of going deep and making that world series championship run. Okay. One more thing I want to get to for, uh, this well, mostly subway series episode, but just major league baseball episode. Uh, Kumar Rucker or Rocker, Kumar Rocker. There we go. Former pitcher for Vanderbilt. Very good at Vanderbilt. So good that it made him a 10th overall draft pick in last year's, the 2021 MLB draft for the New York Mets. So you're thinking, oh, okay. He's probably moving up through the farm system, doing great. No, not the case. He never signed with the Mets. The Mets were concerned about some of his physical um, status, um, specifically with his shoulder, I believe. So, yeah, so he was never signed, and he ends up going through the process again to get into game shape again and, and get those reps. He decided to play for the Tri-City Valley Cats, which is located pretty close to where I am in Troy, New York, and this is a more of a collegiate league team. It used to be a single A short season team for the Houston Astros organization. But since the MLB slashed a bunch of their minor league clubs, the Valley Cats were one of those teams who got cut and is not associated with the MLB anymore. But anyway, 
Kumar Rucker joins the Tri-City Valley Cats and has five starts. He pitches a 1.35 ERA, which is insane, regardless of the level that you're pitching at. So yeah, that in five starts has 32 strikeouts on only four walks in 20 total innings pitched. So needless to say, he hasn't really lost form after the um, necessary treatment and surgeries and stuff like that. He's He's where he was when he got drafted last year and evaluators i from what i saw in articles and power rankings and stuff ahead of the mlb draft he was floating at probably later first round early second round i think if you were to take the average of all these these rankings so rocker surprisingly gets drafted third overall by the Texas Rangers, which I was just, I was kind of shocked by that. Like, I did not expect him to go that high. Needless to say, at least according to the Texas Rangers, he did not lose any value. In fact, he gained value. And um, I think it's pretty cool that he was, you know, pitching for this local team. And I, I kind of wish I went to at least one of those games where he was starting, but didn't end up doing that. Um, but yeah, he he proved himself and and showed why he is still the same pitcher that he was when the Mets drafted him 10th overall last year. But now he joins the Texas Rangers and he joins Jack Leiter, who was another very good Vanderbilt pitcher. Both of those guys were teammates um, on the same team in the same rotation for the Commodores. And yeah, have fun, especially in the SEC, have fun trying to bat against that, um, that Vanderbilt rotation. But anyway, Jack Leiter was drafted second overall by the Rangers last year. So now you're bringing those two teammates back together in the same same team and could very well in the next, say, few years be in the same starting rotation and, and dominating in that AL West division. Now, I mean, the Houston, I mean, not Houston, Texas needs to keep improving. I mean, they have the signing of Marcus, uh, Marcus Simeon, and uh, Corey Seager. So they have those bats, but um, they just need more consistent uh, hitting and, and, and efforts to be a better overall team. But if they can lock down that starting pitching rotation, get the production as expected out of their big signings and, and better hitters, then you can see the Texas Rangers starting to climb up there. Maybe not necessarily be a threat to the Houston Astros given their current construction, but can can play more of a threat instead of being a team that's more towards the bottom of the division every single year and picking in the top five of MLB drafts. Um, I think ideally they would like to be more of a playoff team or of course a World Series contender and not have to pick in the top five.